I... Oh, shoot. All right. I guess I'm starting this one off. Welcome to another episode of Nerds of Unusual Origin. I am your host, Frank. I am Steve. And... And I am Ed. Wait. Who are you? Uh, my, my name's Ed. Oh. <laughs> and you... you're Steve, and that's Frank. Are you the that's new cool. guy? I am. I am the new guy. I was a, I was a guest a few weeks ago, and you guys were... Uh, either gracious or crazy enough to ask me to come back uh, but i appreciate it either way yes Full time that's right so uh yeah we do we have a new co-host jimmy is still gonna be on the show uh he couldn't make it tonight so um but ed is gonna be our new co-host so you know i am super excited about this i've been uh, i've been talking about starting a podcast for a long time and i just like never uh did <laughs> i never did <laughs> But uh, yeah, then you guys had me on a couple weeks ago, and I and then I talked to Steve a little bit afterwards, and he asked me to be a permanent fixture, and here I am, and I will do my best to bring my knowledge of useless information to the <laughs> No, it's great. It certainly takes a lot of weight off our shoulders in the comic book department. The resident comic book nerd yeah. is always... Oh my god, yeah. And I there are some things that are happening that I am just so excited about. That's good. So. That's awesome. All right. Well, we usually start the, uh, you know, we start every episode off with what you're drinking. So, Ed, what you drinking? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I got a smoothie. <laughs> uh, nice. From a place called uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Real on the nose name. Um, <laughs> it was called the Sunrise Sunset, and it has uh, strawberry, mango, orange juice, and pineapple juice. And it came with an edible strawberry flavored straw. Oh, Wow. I don't, so I don't know what to think is, about that. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. It's overwhelming. Pretty healthy. It was really good and pretty healthy. And, uh, and you know, I door dashed it from Chelmsford. So that was pretty convenient. Um, but, yeah, no, that's what I'm drinking. If you're ever in the Chelmsford area and you happen to pass a place called Tropical Smoothie Cafe, I recommend the Sunrise Sunset. I'm not going to lie. Nice. I'm not going to go to Chelmsford just for a smoothie. <laughs> <Did you> get <laughs> a smoothie? <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a re- there's other reasons i wouldn't go to chelmsford yeah mostly I, because it's just a very uncomfortable town <laughs> i i don't know if i've actually been there but i don't think i've ever been there i i, I think i've been through but not to maybe through but yeah yeah which i feel my, like is uh, that that's the way to go is just to go through i'm, I'm there once a week because my comic book guy is there ah. and, uh, and i'm forced to forced to go there you go but you know i make the best of it nice yeah i uh i spent the the majority of my weekend at foxwoods so i'm my stomach is recovering so i'm just drinking water that's it water is a water is a safe bet yeah i I see too many people imbibing (laughs) in like uh in adult beverages and not enough water and i just think water is underrated so yeah water's fine i i i'm not drinking water i'm drinking coca-cola vanilla because i imbibed in adult beverages earlier today oh (laughs) and it is like straight coke vanilla it's not like coke zero oh fuck i got the wrong one damn Uh uh-oh Looks like I'm gonna be sugared out. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Well, yeah, like once we get to our age, we're just like, well, I'll drink this, but I'm definitely not going to bed when I wanted to. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll drink it, yeah. but I'm not gonna like it. So, uh, all right. So let's see what's on the docket today. All right, we have um, some trailer news. Uh, Miss Marvel came out. Yep. Right. Uh, we're gonna go over uh, the new Tony Hawk documentary trailer that dropped. And I'm very excited. I haven't about seen that. that yet. I was looking for it, didn't know what it was. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go into that. And then yeah, a couple other things anyway. 
So yeah, they, not a lot of nerd news happened a, this week. Not a heck of a lot. So oh, hold on now. Hold Whoa, on. Oh, 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 okay. All you right. Gotta, you got to oh, update the, the yeah. Docket. You got to get on. yeah. I really got to get better about this Google document thing. But there was a. They released the last Moon Knight trailer about a week. That is ago. true. That's no, they did another one yesterday or today. And they did the other. And the, yeah, then they did another one today. Uh, one of them was an IMAX version trailer, I believe, or something like that. And it had a lot of extra details that led to me theorizing like a crazy person in my house by myself for the entire weekend. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I had, I, we, there's some comic, there's some comic news out there floating around. Also, uh, there was a, a, a big comic book sale that happened over this past week. Really? Uh, yeah. Marvel comics. Number one, the first Marvel comics title. Uh, it was still a timely book, but this is what ultimately led to them becoming Marvel. Yeah. Uh, the first appearance of Namor sold for like, Two and a half million dollars. Huh? Yep, a nine point two CGC graded copy sold for two point five million dollars. It's the highest uh, valued Marvel number one comic book in history. Wow. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is kind of crazy. Kind of nuts. I'm yeah, so I'm, really, I'm so really out of the loop on like uh, the value of comic books. You know, like oh. I, I just I have no idea. Everything so, gets ridiculous yeah oh man yeah there's like so over the summer um for the for the longest time ever action comics number one was the highest selling not the highest selling but the highest valued comic book forever that was the and debut was the, of batman right no that was uh the superman superman debut. yeah uh, that's right but detective comics 27 was number two uh and spider-man amazing fantasy 15 was number three now over the summer there was a heritage uh, auction house did a sale of the promise collection and in that collection was a near mint um amazing spider-man or amazing fantasy 15 and it ended up be like beating uh action comics number one in the auction and becoming the most valued comic book ever which is a pain for me because that's like my grail book and uh yeah <laughs> and it went from being like hey like maybe at some point in my life i'll have enough comics that i can sell to get this book and now it's just like no ne never mind yeah like anytime uh, yeah anytime there's like mention of the possibility of, of a character in the mcu the book goes for a ridiculous amount of money mm -hmm. um uh, and and depending on the character it is like italy you'll watch that book trend up forever or you will just watch it go up and then the show or movie come out and just drop so because the movie if sucked. you're a comic seller that's just something you gotta it's a reality you got to deal with. Hmm. My brother, uh, he he got a he sent a couple of books in for a um, Kevin Eastman signature, for because he they've been. I doing, have one of them somewhere. I I have Ben Bishop's signature for one of the last Ronin books, but um, he sent in an older like uh, Ben, not Ben Bishop, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, uh, like in the eighties. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he got a nine point nine on volume. it. Yeah, nine point nine. No. Yeah. Stop it. Maybe nine. Do you know 8. what number it was? No. Hold on. I can look it up. If it was a nine point eight, that's cool. If it's a nine point nine, that's unheard of. I have. Uh, I don't know where it is because my room's a mess. Uh, I'm in the process of reorganizing, but somewhere in this mess of stuff, I have uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one 
signed by Kevin Eastman uh, with a Ben Bishop remark on it. And uh, a fun story about Ben Bishop, my ex, uh, not a comic person at all, not a Marvel person, not a, not a superhero person, uh, but she enjoyed like going to comic cons and stuff. And like, you know, I'd take her, uh, and I went to see, went to see Ben Bishop, right. To get the signature. And it turns out that Ben Bishop is from New Hampshire and they like grew up together. So I was huh. like, I, I was like, I love this. I'm like fanboying because I love Ben Bishop's art. And uh, kind of like me a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like fanboying over this guy. And she's just like, what are you doing? He was a nerd. And I'm like, so am I. <laughs> so And then I dumped her. <laughs> you don't like this nerd. No, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, it was a 9.8. It's it was a reprinting of the first issue, but it went from he went from it being like worth two three hundred dollars to like two thousand dollars. Yeah, right. It's well, if it's a reprinting of the first issue, it's and it's like a second printing of the first issue, it's worth way more than that. But if it's a, in the two thousand dollar range, and the most likely bet uh, is it's a third printing, um, because and I'll I'll tell you why because. The first printings of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, Kevin Eastman stored in his basement, and uh, and there was a flood on Cape Cod at like the year that it came out, and he lost almost all the copies and all that's out there right now for first printings of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one are what was sold, and that's about three thousand. And I think the same thing for the second printing. So there's not a lot of them out there worldwide, and uh. But yeah, third printing's pretty common and around two grand. So damn. That's awesome. Um back to Moon Knight. I haven't seen this newest trailer, so I'm gonna play it real quick. I'm gonna pause it. We're okay. back. All right, so like the Moon Knight commercial uh Moon Knight, it's like a teaser trailer, like a little thirty second TV spot, and it shows uh it shows uh Stephen Grant, um Oscar Oscar Isaac's representation of Stephen Grant talking to himself in what looks like a window, but it's more than likely actually a mirror because um, Stephen Grant is one of the alter egos of uh, Mark Spector, who's like the primary uh, person, but he has dissociative identity disorder and it gets amplified when uh, Khonshu takes over his spirit or takes over his body. So I think this show is going to be wild. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more, um, we're gonna like go down the rabbit hole in this show, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty cool. I think that there's gonna be a huge twist with uh, Ethan Hawke's character. Uh, I th- think the last time I was on the show, I mentioned a twist with his character because they dropped a trailer around that time, and I thought he was gonna end up being like Dracula or somebody. But I think it's more likely based on what we saw in the trailer that. We're going to see the Ennead, which is the pantheon of Egyptian gods in Marvel. And uh, and I think what's going to end up happening is Ethan Hawke is going to be the avatar of Anubis, who is Conchu's enemy, because he's like the sun god and the moon god. So I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. I, I'm looking forward to this show, actually. Yeah, I, it's going to be pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've always thought Moon Knight was a pretty like legit character. But he never gets enough love anywhere he is. Yeah. Like, let me rephrase. He never gets enough love outside of, like, him interacting with the other characters in 
like marvel hmm. so hope well go ahead yeah no yeah you're right he's a significantly under underused and underrated character though he has been if you like read a lot of the newer comics like they just put out a whole new uh like moon knight run uh that focuses on him becoming like the fist of conchu and stuff but for a long time he was just like a character that nobody cared about and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that like um how do you like so the moon knight character is basically like the marvel's embodiment of like mental illness in in a character right and uh and like i think a lot of a, for a long time they they just like thought it would be like taboo to try and like uh portray that on tv or in a movie and uh and like how do you do that because moon knight's stories tend to be super comic-y like really fantastical like he deals a lot with like the marvel monsters and like the whole paranormal side of it uh so he's like a street level hero like the defenders like luke cage or daredevil or somebody like that but he deals with the monsters and like i think before marvel studios like got it together uh i just think he was one of those characters that like sony or fox like didn't really want to touch because they didn't really know how to accurately represent him yeah, I I agree with you to an extent. I mean, I I do agree with you that it, it is the embodiment of mental illness. Yeah, and and it's obviously that's a really hard thing to portray. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially like in a physical sense, because the the most you can do or most movies do is like you talk to yourself. But but they found they're finding a way to actually show you what he sees. Yeah, and I think they just, I think it's going to be really cool to watch. I'm super bummed that it's a limited series, but from all the reviews that I've been reading, um, they say it plays out like a six-part movie instead of like a, a show, which I think is going to be cool. Um, I'm just really excited about seeing a new character show up in the MCU and not seeing like a, like a new character that has a lot of potential to like carry like a midnight suns franchise or something like that and not just like another like a rehashed like tony stark you know yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what about you frank what do you think well no i mean it yeah it's it is kind of weird because you know to, to an extent i feel like all of these superheroes that we you know are into as far as marvel goes all have some form of kind of like a neurosis or a, or a mental illness to an oh, extent sure. but this is the most explicit you know oh yeah like it's just flat out like he has a personality disorder like it, it like like a what, what's the actual technical term for it again uh, he has dissociative identity disorder sure yeah so you know i think it's really good that they're just it's it's just flat out it's all out there on the face of it you know it's not like oh yeah he kind of like we know he's got some issues yeah you know yeah and what and what I like is that, and or what I appreciate as like somebody who struggles with like uh, mental illnesses and watch uh, like a family member go through dissociative identity disorder is they like the trailer seems to like really kind of show like the ugly parts of it really like like yeah. uh, it shows him like cowering in an elevator it shows him like coming out of a dissociative like fugue state with a gun in his hand like and he just ends up in all these situations where he's like obviously scared and confused and like i just think it's 
I think Oscar Isaac is probably the best casting for this role. Dude can play anything. Dynamic, yeah, just because of how dynamic he is. And I'm really interested to see how he represents this character on screen. And uh, and I don't, don't think he's going to let it let let anyone down. Uh the, the good vocab word there with the fugue state. Yep. Breaking Bad. Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I immediately thought of naked Walter White. Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, it comes out this Wednesday. Yeah. Right? This Wednesday? March 30th, whenever that is. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty soon. No, it's a it's 10 days from today. Right. Wait, I thought it was when, oh, whatever. Wait, I might I might be wrong about the date of that. I'm looking. Hold on, I'm now. I'm doing a quick check right now. March 30th. Moon Knight release date, March thirtieth, twenty twenty-two. Okay, all right. Okay, days from now. So obviously they're not doing anything else from now till then. I mean, they might do teaser, little tiny like TV spots, but yeah, when it comes out, we'll give our first impressions. Yeah, for sure. I think oh, it'll yeah. be pretty sweet. Yep. I, I'm actually excited for this shit. Yeah, yeah, it looks decent. So, so. what's next, Frank? And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, if we're still talking trailers, like the Miss Marvel trailer came out recently. Right. Yeah, I have not watched that. So, oh, hold on. So we're going to do on. another pause. Yeah. All right, we're back. We are back. Just watched uh, the Miss Marvel trailer. All right. So, all right, I, because you don't know a whole lot about Miss Marvel. Yeah. I. What are your impressions of it? This This is good because Edwin's going to go like way too deep on it, and I'm going to give you the outsider's perspective. Yeah. I, it looks like a lot of fun. It just looks like a fun TV show. Yeah. Like, and, and it looks like a... Uh, a welcome, fresh um, look at a Marvel story where it isn't some adult who's been living with this for a long time or someone that's like been, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you know, it, it's good to see it from like a more youthful perspective other than the Peter Parker that we've been seeing. Oh, yeah. You know, like high school Peter Parker, you know, okay, yeah, sure, great, but. I don't know. This just it it looks I don't know, it looks more fun. It, yeah, it's definitely looks like it's geared towards um the younger audience for sure. this one. Yeah. But at the same time, uh there's a bunch of stuff that they changed that I just can't get over. Okay, I wouldn't know what they are, so it doesn't bug me at all. Like um so first off, like uh I'll I'll give you a little rundown of who Kamala Khan is. Yeah, she is a sixteen-year-old uh, Muslim girl, yeah, living in America, Jersey she, City. Yep, yep. She is obsessed with the Avengers. Okay, I got that out. And she it. wants nothing but to be a superhero. Yeah, that's about from my perspective where the similarities end in the show. Okay, in yeah. in the comics, she got powers by. Um, uh, basically becoming an inhuman instead of instead of like just having the powers or give, being given them through a serum they they had this um uh i can't Kree remember technology yeah Kree technology say, your, your mic is like this. It I, unlocks I, a you're talking yeah, yeah. in front of your mic <laughs> it, it unlocks like a, a certain gene if you have it yeah and that's how she got her powers yeah because i believe you have to be part Kree, don't you uh, you have you just have to have an inhuman gene. You don't have to be part Kree. So essentially, um, the Kree aliens in Marvel are like real life our worst fear aliens. Where like 
we find out that like we are all just genetic experiments and like the aliens have just been keeping tabs on their experiment for years. So that's kind of like what the Kree is. They're, they're super dead set on building essentially a master race of Kree warriors. And if they can't all be Kree, they, they have to have this gene inside them called an inhuman gene. Uh, it unlocked, and they have like this process called terogenesis. And when it unlocks the hum the inhuman gene in you, you come out of this weird cocoon with like special, like with powers and abilities. Uh, and in the comics, Miss um, Marvel Kamala Khan was very similar to uh, Reed Richards in the sense she was like a polymorph. She could stretch her body and, and big in her hands and her feet and whatever. Uh, but you're right, Steve, in the trailer, uh, it looks like her power, it still looks like she gets gifted uh, or she takes, um, it looks like alien technology to me. I, I assume it's probably Kree or Skrull because we're gearing up for secret invasion. And, uh, and her powers look and feel exactly like a Green Lantern's powers. Uh, I agree with that, but I also don't. I so hear me out. Hear me out. She puts on these bracelets. Yep. And then she thinks of this. She thinks of things, and she can manifest them physically. That's a Green Lantern to me. I suppose the the way that I saw it was, it, she kind of had Reed Richards' uh, powers, but she also had Sue Storms. It was like they amalgamated the yeah. two of them together. Because Sue Storm can can shoot like uh, what's it called? With her hands, uh, she can create barriers. She can yeah, do yeah, almost like everything they showed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I think. They, they obviously they're not doing it because they're bringing out the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, they're rolling them out soon. But, it, but uh, it's gotta, yeah. It looks like uh. So there was one part in the trailer that I that, like really stood out to me. It's when they showed like her get the bracelet and she does that like weird inversion through the floor. And then you see her eyes, and her eyes look exactly like Monica Rambeau's in uh, WandaVision after she gets her powers. Right, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. I never so even I'm noticed not... that. So I'm thinking that they're really setting... Kamala Khan, like the Miss Marvel show, is going to be her jumping off point for like a bigger role in, uh, in the Marvels that's going to come out next year with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, presumably... And I think she's going to show up in that, and they're going to be this like weird girls get it done type team, which I have no problem with. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm just curious to see how all those characters interact because Brie Larson is still not my favorite acting choice in the MCU. She wasn't anybody's. Really? You liked her? <laughs> yeah. I I think I think a lot of it had to do with like. I mean, she was very stiff. She's she's always been very stiff, but like yeah. a lot of what I didn't like is is like she rubbed almost everybody she worked with the wrong way, and it, it was a pain to work with her on set. Yeah, but I don't care about that in the movie. I know, but you. I think I. I don't let I that. I just think that. <laughs> I I just think that in uh, in the sense of the character, Miss Marvel's like super, uh, like extroverted and like she's a people person and brie larson just even trying to just doesn't is not that like yeah yeah exactly but, it's exactly you know, it maybe she'll grow on me in the next movie i've said that the last two movies i've seen her in. <laughs> i don't know well so i went when i first saw captain marvel i had no clue who the character was honestly like i didn't know like i knew the name you know so I didn't know what to expect going into it. 
and she basically got her powers the same way Kamala Khan did sure. in the comics. Yeah, but I was kind of yeah. like I was kind of like, well, she's supposed to be a badass. She pulled it off. Like she's a badass oh, yeah. in the movie. You know? I mean, yeah, and I'm not taking anything yeah. away from it. Like I think movies, I think any origin movie in any superhero genre is a is a great jumping off point. I think Captain Marvel really cemented uh, a lot of like female viewers for the MCU. Yeah, uh, because she was like the first major female like lead. And uh, I think Kamala Khan is going to do a lot more of the same at, and bring it and do a good job of bringing in like the younger viewers because, like you both said, it looks and presents itself like a really fun. Kid. It's almost like Malcolm in the Middle, right? Like uh, they have like the <laughs> yeah the 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 sounds on like they the guy was clicking his pen and it said click 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 and like it had like the little like weird like I'm a teenager in a confusing time in my life. And this is my story type feel to it. Right. And I think it's going to be a fun show. Uh, every Anything I say that, like, I'm like, oh, well, I don't like this is literally just me nitpicking. Uh, right. I don't think Marvel has done wrong yet uh, dark, as far dark as world. characters and <laughs> yeah. development in, in the MCU. I was going to say, Thor Dark World but, wasn't I mean, exactly like, great. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. I, <laughs> Thor Dark World, I guess, to an extent, like Hulk, yeah. both of them. Um, but, uh, but I, I like, uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out and I'm interested to see where she, obviously we're going to see the young Avengers at some point, like right. at this point, it's just like, if you don't think that, like, go please home, reevaluate your thinking. Yeah. I like, mean, I, uh, but, uh, I, I think the show is going to do exactly what probably needs to happen as far as Marvel goes, which is introduce a younger, newer, fresher audience a bit other than the, you know, mm -hmm mid 30 year old white guy yeah well, which is honestly like i know i like you know not going against what you just said with captain captain marvel like establishing like strong female leads because there are but um let's face it, it it's it's a comic book nerds you know uh wet dream of a of a, of a series of movies you know and for the and that is you know yeah i think that for the most part 30 year old <clears throat> dudes I think that Marvel is trying to do what they they're doing with the comics or tried to do with the comics is is like yeah they have all the nerds they they have the nerds in their hands they've yeah. come out with what how many movies fit 10 too many uh, as many movies as they have yeah and we're all going to go see them yeah. but like what they need is like the younger generation yeah. to continue so it eventually so yeah sustainability exactly right yeah, yeah it's all so, it's, playing the long ball exactly so i'm i'm really hoping this is something that like our daughters can get into sure like well you, you, you know, have a daughter as well ed i, I, I do and she loves captain marvel yeah i i feel like that age bracket um the like post pubescent teen to mm -hmm. like like the high school age bracket yeah. right like late middle school to high school age bracket is probably the most difficult one to grab because little kids are going to love superheroes. Always. You know, because they're marketed directly to little kids. And the older guy, the older folks, you know, like our age and, and, and like college and up are going to like it because it's like badass action movies that are all like PG-13 and rated R. Mm -hmm. You know, and like... With nostalgia sprinkled in, yeah. Yeah, and we're, we're like, we're all at a point in our lives where we're okay liking the nerdy shit. But like going yeah. after the high school age thing, where like you could easily be ridiculed for being a comic book lover or being a superhero fan, 
or something like that. Like it's just another it's another way to make it more socially acceptable for people of that age to actually like what they like it's funny and, how and not tropes, have to apologize for it. Yeah, it's funny how tropes like yeah. continue in the same cycle. Right. Like if me, you or Ed liked comic books i mean i'm sure ed did but like if we liked comic books when we were all in high school if i outwardly liked comic yeah books in high school, we'd get called a nerd and oh, never yeah. get a girlfriend oh if i talked if i talked about it this stuff in high school i would not have been i wouldn't have i wouldn't have survived like, exactly people would have yeah. but, ripped me apart but we're all in but our like mid-30s now, yeah and yeah and like you said like uh who cares like yeah. i i love comics and i love like superheroes and you love Tolkien stuff and you love ghost. And that's like ultimately like what it right. is. Like that's ultimately like what life is, right? Is like finding what you enjoy and like doing that. So mm-hmm. if there's any, kids wow, I just realized that. Yeah. Like if you, if there's any kids listening, find what you enjoy and do that. And just do that. And don't, yeah. apolo- don't apologize for it. Yes. Don't make excuses. Oh God, Holy right. crap. Never apologize for being, for being different. Yeah. Did I, I ever tell you guys the story about the uh, the time I met a girl on Tinder? Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> and we were talking, and she was like, "Hey, what are you into?" And I said, "Comic books and comic book movies." And she said, "Oh, that's cool." And then she came over, uh, walked in the house to me, watching uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, and saw like my. Com- comics on the wall that i had like displayed and she immediately was like oh no i have an emergency i gotta go pipe burst at my house <laughs> <And I> was <laughs> like, <laughs> she was in my house for long enough to assess the situation and left <laughs> you know what's really funny is like you, you just said what you said was like you like comic books he likes talking stuff yeah i like ghostbusters we all have our like specifics yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why I never grasped that before. Yeah, but that's the beauty of being an individual. Exactly. Person, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we're we're multifaceted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um it is good. That being said, what he what you guys all said, like echoing, like like don't be afraid to as a if I could give the best piece of advice is like stop giving crap what other people think of what you yeah. do. Because I've spent way too much of my life giving a crap of what people think yeah embrace embrace yourself and just own it basically in a way like it it sounds it sounds like you know fist in the air ish type of shit but no it's true Mm -hmm. you know i in in a way though i think i think there's a the world today being so connected and being so accessible makes it a lot easier to find your um your group to find your 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 crew to yeah. find your your family that you know you might be looking for and think that there isn't there but yeah it's a lot easier now to feel included absolutely you know so it's like take advantage of that that's this that's episode is for the kids yeah i know this is definitely uh, like a like a after school special segment switching gears <laughs> this is our affirmation yeah let's, let's take a hard left uh, it's not that hard of a left but yes let's take a hard left <laughs> Um, Tony Hawk? Yeah. So I didn't know that there was a Tony Hawk documentary in the works. In the works. Oh, nothing's out yet. However, no, it's dropping. Like the trailer, the trailer. So it's going to be on HBO Max. Sweet. Yeah, which is great. And it's called um, Till the Wheels Come Off. 
that's the name of the, okay. yeah that's the name of the documentary. so they've been this has been in development for a long time a long time yeah like they're they're basically like pretty much like tony hawk can still skate like he did when we were all playing pro skater <laughs> you know yeah i i totally yeah, i've seen it it's it's kind of like going into like the how and why him as an athlete can like sustain such a dangerous effing profession that you know really just beats the living shit out of you for you know, the slightest mistake do you know what i think is the funniest you know? thing about tony hawk himself not really like like so he's synonymous with skateboarding yeah right yeah but tony hawk's pro skater is all like street skating with a little bit of vert he's mainly vert yeah i've always i it took me so long in my like early tween tweens no yeah my what before i was in my teens and my teenage years to realize like he's only a vert skater he can do street stuff but right it, it's just like oh yeah he makes his money on on a ramp for sure yeah but, yeah which is even better i love vert skating way more you get you get to do the crazy shit like price stairs and shit yeah well it's funny oh, because yeah. like it goes into you know like it, it's it's his whole life documentary too you know it's not just like what's going on now but it goes into like his um you know him trying to find his place in the skateboarding culture yeah cause because he started he, around the dog town yeah right the stacy peralta days and stuff you know and like yeah. so he he didn't quite fit in with that crowd of yeah. skaters which was like the the crowd of skaters and so um like he was an outsider growing up and then he was an outsider once he found his community that mm -hmm. he was going to be involved with like he was still yeah. thought of as like a freak and like he was yeah. so tall yeah. anky and weird yeah and he had to like fight through all of that like adversity to try to like establish himself <laughs> in a field that hadn't quite made it yet you know as far as vert skating goes yeah but i mean look at him now he's obviously like he is the number one yeah. name in skateboarding yeah still and still yeah i don't think anybody's it's, ever it's come crazy close. i remember <clears throat> i remember watching the x games the first time he ever pulled off the uh 900 900, what was it? 900 and yeah. then he did the 1080 after that and uh and i for like eight seconds i was like i want to be a professional skateboarder yeah and then <laughs> i, I started skating because of tony I, hawk yeah i fell once and i was like that'll do it yeah right <laughs> um it, it, it's funny because i 90 percent sure he's done a 900 within the last two years yeah he can still do it, it, it if he pushes himself to do it like yeah. that's that's what i mean he still can skate at yeah. an incredibly high level and his son son is a, a really pro skater now yeah I'm looking up for, I'm looking trying to find the release date. I, this, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything. I, I want to see a trailer, but this, this is, seems like it's going to be like super awesome. Yeah. It, it looks, it looks much different. Like once you watch the trailer, you're going to realize that it's a different documentary than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Which, which is great. You know, uh, it, it kind of subverts. Uh, it comes out April 5th. April fifth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. nice. April fifth, and it, and they describe it as a biopic. A bio. How do you say? Biopic. 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 Yeah. biopic. They describe it as whatever. that. Whatever. Tomato, that, whatever. Tomato. tomato so. Potato. Um. All right. So this next, the next thing I wanted to talk about that I threw on the dock right before we came here, 
Um, and this will this will probably this is more of like an insight as to like who we are. Yes. Okay. I'm sure we could all like we're all musicians. Yep. And I'm sure we could all point mm -hmm. to the time when we decided that music was going to become more than just something that's happening in the background to us. Like, you know, we could all probably point to some moment where we latched on to, to music. That's, yep. that's fine and good. However, what I want to know about is your, what I would call the musical epiphany, the point in your musical journey where you heard something and it completely put you on a different course. I had two. As to what I have two as well. I also have two. And, and you have I also two. have two. That works out. All right. So Steve, why don't all you right. go why don't you go first? So well right. explain where you were. Oh, I'm I have I already have my okay. my speech going going okay. forward. Right. I had no idea this was coming, and it's yeah. great because this has been my thing. Okay. So I have this theory in my head, and I've had it forever. Yeah. That Mostly males. I, I This is male-centric. That most men growing up around our time obviously started off not really listening to anything but what our parents did. Okay. And then as soon as we got to middle school and high school, we were either listening to Tupac and Biggie or Corn and Limp Biscuit. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. Metallica, obviously. Right. I'm 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 on the I'm on board so far. But right there where corn was, there was a gigantic like difference happening right there. Is like if you got into the heavier part of corn, you ended up listening to like you, you ended up listening hearing slipknot. And then you're like, oh shit, you can be this this heavy. Sure. And then you were like, what else is heavy? And then you just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Or you, you know, listen to Limp Bizkit and you heard like the punk, you heard the the rapping and you, you could have, you went like, you know, kind of yeah. the other way L listening. I, I mean, my two things were, are both of those and that's where I'm going with it. Like my first musical epiphany was, you know, right around high school. I, I had, uh, no, before high school, in the end of middle school, I had discovered Newfound Glory and that was my bit first musical epiphany is that pop punk is so much different than a lot of other stuff because it blends like the, 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 like hardcore punk and pop music. It's like, right. It fast beats with a catchy fucking like chorus. Yeah. And it, I've never stopped liking 80% of the bands that I've listened to. Mm -hmm. Um, the other musical epiphany was, one of my friends <laughs> stole a bunch of uh, albums from The Wall. Do you remember The Wall? No. It turned into FYE. Oh, okay. But The Wall, they, they literally, they had a, um, oh, what the fuck was it? A lifetime warranty on anything you bought there with a little sticker they would put on the corner of CDs. Okay. So if you broke the CD, you could literally just be like, hey, oh, wow. and they'd give you a brand new one. Jeez. That's why FYE bought them out. Yeah. But uh, one one of those. I'm sure, the record companies did not like that policy. I'm that yeah. <laughs> but uh, what had happened was I had like looked through one of the things and I I looked at this album and I was just like I have no idea what the fuck this is but it looks cool yeah and I put it in and I I literally listen to it at least once a week and and that's uh, Poison the Wells the opposite of December okay 
Hell yes, dude. And and from there is when I started. I got heavier and heavier and heavier, and now I just like I just listened to the new. I don't know if you even know who this is, but the new Carcosa album. No idea. Holy fuck, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. What about you, Ed? So I guess I had like a really interesting and very specific experience with music. I grew up in a deaf house. Uh, my parents were deaf, uh, so they didn't listen to music because they sure. didn't listen to anything. And uh, and it was kind of just like <laughs> up to I'm me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to laugh uh, that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of just up to me to like kind of uh, walk into a record store. So. I should say my mom is an angel. She's the sweetest lady I've ever met and I'll ever know. Uh, she let me run amok when I was a kid. So like I lived on one side of the bridge in Lowell and I would always walk to the other side of the bridge as she told me to not go to, to go to this record store. And one day I walked in and I'd scrambled up enough money and I bought a cassette and that cassette was Green Day's Kerplunk. And, uh, and that was my introduction right. to, to music. Yeah. And uh and from there I found like uh other like it was it was just like a whole lot of casting a wide net and seeing what stuck for me. Like I liked Green Day, I loved Iron Maiden, I liked uh Blink 182's Dude Ranch when it came out. Such a good but, album. Like I oh it's phenomenal. But like I loved like uh, Sepultura and Pantera and bands like that, so then I get to I'm riding my bike one day it, like near my mom's house. I pass the Civic Club and I hear music coming from inside, and it's like a local punk show. And I went in and it just enveloped me, dude. Like I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then like I uh. I dropped out of high school at 17. Same. Toured my first punk band. And, Not that. And uh, and then uh, my real musical awakening was the first time I saw Converge. Oh, uh, yep, yep, oh, yep. Okay. With with Poison the Well. Uh, and I, I was, like, listening to these bands and, like, seeing them live. And, like, I was like, this music is so brutal but like they're singing about like really introspective shit and so like from that point on i i decided that like i can do that like i can write heavy music and still be like super introspective and i did that and i had a lot of success doing it and uh and yeah that's just how i always look at music like why do it if it's not personal like i don't want to be the guy that writes like tough guy hardcore songs there's nine thousand of those in the world we don't need another one but i want to know i want to be able to connect with somebody on a personal level and so it's the bands like converge and poison the well and from autumn to ashes a lot of early to mid 2000s metalcore for me uh yeah. and that still influences me to to this day like to this day what about you frank i want to know about you well i mean so i think we all probably grew up listening well not not you ed but you know i think most people grew up listening to the music that their parents listened to that's what i said and yeah. that's you know classic like, rock a lot yeah my I, I grew up in a musical family my mom was a great singer and my dad was a multi-instrumentalist 
or anything with strings the guy could play you know so like and he's great I've yeah and he's really good at it and and uh so i was exposed to whatever they would listen to and it would be anything from you know steve miller band to jethro tall to you know bluegrass or or whatever like it was all on the table and uh i remember i was going to school or no i was going to kindergarten which at the time in gardner was at gardner high school the kindergarten was also there and i just yeah it's 1988 we're going to and i'm going down uh elm street and my dad's listening to the radio and i heard uh one by metallica (laughs) all right right it was on the radio and like that was like oh wait a minute what is this like i mean maybe the my first introduction to like you know high gain guitar or whatever was probably van halen but you know again that was like well that's kind of like the stuff that like my dad would listen to like he had van halen one and two on vinyl and stuff so i'd heard that yeah but like i didn't know what heavy was like heavy loud like you know and the first time i heard one by metallica i was like oh my god and then the double bass kicked in and and it's like i didn't know that drums could sound like that i didn't know guitars could sound like that i didn't know that vocalist could sound like that like back then james was really aggressive yep you know and especially the albums prior like you know i master of puppets and ride the lightning and stuff like that once i started listening to that especially ride the lightning and and kill them all when he's literally screaming everything. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I never got into thrash um, Metallica. That's okay. You don't have to, you know, but, but like, um, so that was like the, my introduction to like heavy music. So that was kind of like my path from then on that and mixed in with like green day, but I couldn't get into anything that was like much heavier even as far as like Pantera, like Pantera was too heavy for me because like I didn't like the vocal style. I didn't like I didn't like yelling and screaming yet. Yeah, but Phil Anselmo, like his vocal style was dog shit. But you have to understand. Yeah, no, like, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But like you have to understand where I was coming from, where I'd never heard a vocalist do that. I get it. And I was just like, this is noise. You know, like it yeah. took everything away from the music and it was distracting to me. And I couldn't, I could not get into it. I get it. Until. I heard Kill Switch Engage. Fuck yeah. And that's okay. my, that would be my epiphany moment when I realized that for the first time ever, you could combine aggressive guttural vocals with very like soaring melodies and like technique. It was the first time I heard it with technique. Adam D is phenomenal at any, like, yes. Well, yes. Howard Jones, you know, like, so I heard the end of Heartache. Yeah, and I freaked out because it was incredibly heavy. It was technical, you know. There's like some technical guitar playing going on, and it was tight, and it was melodic. You know, I like. I'm a big melody guy. It makes me almost wish you you heard Poison the Wells the Opposite of December when I did because maybe I would have got it, but I don't know if I would have. You know, it's. Have you ever heard the album? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have. Yeah. It's great. It's oh. great for sure. It's great. Yeah. You know, and, and I heard Converge too. Um, I forgot the name of the fucking album, but it's like Jane Doe. Is it Jane Doe? The one petitioning the empty sky? No, I think it might have been Jane Doe with the girl's face on it. Yeah, the it's one Jane with the girl's Doe. face on it. Yeah. So I heard that, and that confused me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I didn't. 
I didn't know how to react to it. I, I you it, know, like, I mean, it, it's 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 very different. It's really different, but it was yeah. intellectual in a way. It was like, okay, I have to think about this. You it, know, I couldn't just throw exactly. it on and react and like emote with it. I had to. It didn't connect to me with me on an emotional level. It connected with me on an intellectual level where I wanted to find out why the things were happening the way they were. Yeah, that's how Converge was for me. But my yeah. so like Kill Switch was my introduction to seriously like what I would consider really heavy, loud, vocal, guttural type of stuff. And it made it that opened the door to everything else. You know, like that was the gateway oh, yeah. to everything heavy. This is the polar opposite of that from what you guys <laughs> oh, went boy. through. So up up through high school, it was all Metallica all the time for me. I wore nothing but Metallica shirts. I knew the entire band's history, like the the behind the music. I could have written the behind the music episode that was on VH1. You know, like I was that's I was obsessed, and that's all I would. That's all I was about, and like you know, Megadeth and all those bands. And then, so like, but what was popular because I was in band. And with all the preppy guys was Dave Matthews. That was popular in high school, right? Like that's Dave Matthews yeah. broke while I was in high school. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I remember that wave. Yeah, that Dave Matthews and the Puka Shell necklaces. Yep, of which I had. And and so, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So so um, and I didn't get it. I thought it was stupid. I'm like, gar oh, this is garbage. Just some guy jumping around with a fucking acoustic guitar. Why do I want to listen to this? And then um, I started learning how to play bass and it went beyond just like, oh, I'm playing, I'm just playing bass to like, I went and took lessons from like the kid yeah. who played bass in high school and he was phenomenal. He ended up going to Berkeley and uh, he's like, okay, so we're, he's like, I understand, you know, how to play with a pick and all this other stuff. You're going to learn finger style. And we're going to start off with uh, Stefan Lassard from Dave Matthews band. And I immediately wanted to walk out. I was like, there is no way. And he's like, no, Frank, you got to just, just listen. And so he had me listen. And that was my second, that was the second, like, that was the musical epiphany of like my, my high school age That's was respecting the musicianship. And the first time that I heard Tripping Billies from Dave Matthews, it was incredibly confusing, but in all the right ways, because it was so technical and it was so musical and it was so well constructed and thought out. And then I got it. And then I got sucked down that rabbit hole, which led me into like fish and like all the other kind of jam bandy type, yeah. type of stuff. And, 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 and I don't know. That was that was really, really, really big for me. Like huge. I've never I, I like two songs by Dave Matthews Band. OK. I think it's crashing to me. Right. And. Um, oh, fuck. The one that that um, the, the dude from. uh 30 Rock is in. Huh? Uh, okay, you might have lost me on it. No, you'll, you'll figure, I'll show you him. But Continue. that, but anyway, yeah, like that, that shaped my high school musical career was that, that little bit. And it was huge, you know, and it, and it got me into like different social circles. It went from like me being a total outsider, like literally being fucking ridiculed and having my books knocked out of my hand in school. To like being like, oh, well, it was a gateway to be like to to kind of like move past that where like, yeah. you know, in, you know, in high school, you're petty. You're all surface value. So like, you know, people never took the time to actually like get to know me. 
And then they were like, oh, wait, Frank's okay. And then we'd like start talking about like Pink Floyd and all these other things. And I ended up being like the biggest pothead to never smoke pot is what all the kids at school referred to me as because I could understand what they were talking about when they were high. (laughs) The other song is Every Day. Judah Friedlander Friedlander was in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, So Frank has a heart out at... 10 o'clock. Pretty much, yep. Um, so, we are getting to 10. So before we do the mus- uh, movie, yeah, music, the movie rewatch, because yeah. Frank also, it, I fucked up this week and forgot to mention to anybody until Thursday, yeah. Friday, Friday, Pretty much that, Friday, that we Friday. had what movie we were watching. Frank did not get a chance to watch more than 15 minutes of it here. Yeah. So Frank yeah. uh, volunteered to do what's chapping his ass this week yeah what's okay. chapping your ass it's really stupid and small but it annoys the shit out of me because i just had to do it tonight you're going to get gas in your car uh-huh okay and you pull up to the pump and you got to go from like empty to full and you don't want to stand there and hold that handle what do you do you, you press the you thing flick the little the silver thing the... you could do that oh, or you, okay, you flick yeah. the little silver thing down so the on and so the gas tank the, the handle stays yeah. yep and it just pumps fucking can't stand when gas pumps don't have that <laughs> when that little silver thing and you could see that it it's it could go there there's installation spot space or it for was it there at one point yeah so yeah so the and problem you're like is- in the winter freezing your fucking balls off and you just want to pump gas and you can't because you have to stand there and fucking hold that thing. It grinds my gears, and it's so petty and tiny, but I, I just I can't stand it. it drives me nuts. No, you know, it, there's a reason behind it, and I'm sure you already know it, but yeah. but what was it, like 10 years ago, they outlawed the use of that thing? Right. And then out of nowhere, they reintroduced it as a bill, and they were yeah. like, yeah, let's put it back in. So not, like, the cheap gas station owners aren't going to put that They're little tiny thing. Yeah. handles in, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, I do agree with you. It is. Yeah, I used to do the thing where I would like when I when I used to have like one of those thick wallets. I yeah. used to jam my wallet under <laughs> under there to like keep it up, and it wouldn't pump quite as fast, but it was still like it got you to where you needed got the to job go. Done, but it's like Jesus Christ, you know, rivet in the little piece of stainless. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it really should be an industry standard. Like, get on board, gas stations. Yeah, and and also the other to to, to piggyback on this. uh bj's pumps right are generally one way like they only want you to drive in in one direction oh, yeah, they get mad you know they'll yeah. shut you off yeah and uh so they make their pumps you know long enough they're on like extension like reels that you can pull the pump over to the other side of the car only only on the right mm. side the left side don't have them yeah they're they don't advertise it very well. The signage isn't great. So what ends up happening is you end up going to get gas at BJ's and you sit in the fucking line for 48 minutes because Tina up at the front of the fucking line doesn't realize you can just pull the hose over to the other side of the car. <laughs> and so she's waiting for the one pump to go in because her Subaru tank is on the right side or whatever. You know, like it drives me fucking crazy. So I always end up yeah. just driving around everybody and I'll like either bang it in reverse and like back into the pump or I'll pull the pump over and everybody gets pissed off. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. Wicked petty. But <laughs> that's my that's my ass chappage this ass <laughs> chappage. <laughs> Consider okay. your ass unchapped. Yeah. Um should I get my recommendation out of the way? Yeah, let's get your Okay, cuz I do I do have to get going. Um so my recommendation uh I bought a flashlight, which doesn't sound very cool, but I'm intrigued. Um 
because my one wheel headlights are so dim as are all one wheel headlights, like riding at night is very dangerous mm -hmm. because you can't really see much of where you're going. So everybody always buys a flashlight. And I went through a series of flashlights thinking I was getting good ones. I'd go to Lowe's and I was like, oh, I'll get this one as 20 bucks, which to me was a lot of money for a flashlight. And I'm like, oh, it'll be great. And then I go out riding. I'm like, this is like a candle in a jam jar. And I'm like, okay, I know. I'll get the $60 model. And it still sucked. And I was like, all right, I'll go get a mag light because that's the only brand of flashlight that I knew about. And it still sucked. So a friend of mine was like, all right, you need to like actually suck it up and just go get a real flashlight. And uh, so he sent me a link to um, Phoenix flashlights, F-E-N-I-X. And... Let me just get this out of the way. The flashlight was $170. Okay. <laughs> I remember you telling me how much it was. Right? So it's a 5,000 milliamp lithium ion battery that charges via USB-C. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. but it goes to 3,000 lumens, which is, I think, I don't know how bright a high beam headlight is, but it's way dimmer than that. So this one, um, and, and it weighs a lot too. It's really heavy. It's all uh, aluminum and stainless steel. And it has six brightness settings. Oh, wow. And it does strobe. So Ed, Ed is epileptic. It's LED. I'm just kidding. Generally, LEDs don't really throw out heat. But on the highest brightness setting, it'll burn your skin. Like if you put your hand oh, wow. in front of it, that's how bright it is. But it's great and it's extremely durable. And uh, I borrowed that to uh, work on my car. Yeah, and left the light on for a second, and yeah. it, and I could like feel it on my belly. Right. Yeah. And I've never <laughs> I've never seen one of these batteries before, but it's like a massive eighteen six fifty battery. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. Like. It's it's probably five times bigger than the size of a of a regular like double A, you know. It's huge, but huh. anyway, yeah. So that's my recommendation is to like go check out Phoenix flashlights. Obviously, they don't you know you don't have to buy a hundred and seventy dollar flashlight. They I think they start at like a hundred, but um, but it's great. I love this thing, and it has a good belt loop. It has like a good belt clip and like a wrist. Thing. I got this flashlight for $12. Yeah, and it weighs enough that if like somebody came up to me on the street, I could really fucking do some damage on them. Because it's got a tactical end. <laughs> so This yeah. episode has so much fucking foley, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, I know. Alright, but anyway, I gotta get going. Ed, it was it's welcome Great to the crew. Yep. We'll be seeing Thank much you so more much yet. for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot Absolutely. of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So, frick yeah. Alrighty, I'm out. Everybody have fun. See you, Frank. Bye. Have a good Bye. One. And I'm back. Welcome back, Steve. Hello. Goodbye, Frank. I'll Goodbye, miss you. Goodbye, Frank. So, uh, you know, we, we just have really two more things, and that's uh, the movie rewatch and our recommendations. Uh, this week, we watched jason x and i have opinions because i haven't seen this movie in 10 years yeah ed has opinions ed has opinions and i'm sure they're much worse than mine uh yeah what did it come out 99 or 2000 i think it was 2000 i'm checking right now i believe it was 2000 um 
2001. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, 2001, Kane Hodder, um, and then just a bunch of people who play secondary actors in other movies. Yeah. Uh, including the dude who plays Moose in Step Up to the Streets. Actually, I'm lying. I don't think that's him. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just... So I loved... Um, I love horror movies. I loved uh, all the Friday the 13th movies like when I was younger. Uh, we were doing pretty good up until New Blood. And then Jason Takes Manhattan happened. and Jason oh, Takes man. Manhattan was dog shit. I, I want to know where, where they came up with the idea to do that. I, I couldn't even begin to. Anything after New Blood, really, for me. Is like, why did they do this? I get it. Like, uh, that one quote in Jason X when the guy's like, uh, oh, hey, he just wanted his machete back. And, uh, then he gets fucking, then he, yeah. Machete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it just, all right. Like, I just want to know, like, all right. I didn't hate the movie because I never, I've never, ever, ever hated a Jason movie. But this just, it was, such a ridiculous departure from even Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah. Cause at least he stayed on earth. I mean, like. it, it, I, um, I had to look at my thing. I couldn't remember if Jason goes to hell was before or after this. And it was definitely before it was, it was before. Yeah. Yeah. And like Jason goes, to, all right. So like eight, nine and 10, they were just, they were, bad yeah no not great actually you know what eight was wasn't bad until they actually docked the boat but i there i have issues with it because it's so stupid you're on a lake how the fuck did you get to new york from a lake yeah but i unless like yeah anyway jason x not my favorite movie. I like it's it's a good it's a fun movie, I guess, if you're willing to put aside everything you know, know and about, love like, about Jason. Right. About Friday the 13th canon. Yeah. No, unless you like if you're willing to put all that aside just to have fun, then yeah, no, it's a fun movie. Yeah, no, but yeah, like I said, like all right, so I, I I'm going in chronological order, but like Jason Jason takes Manhattan really shouldn't have been called that because he literally goes there, kills the rest of the people and then gets boiled it with sewage. Yeah. And then the next yeah. movie doesn't really even take place in the same, like uh, I'm trying to think of the word Do doesn't really nothing that happened from eight really takes place in nine. He like they, he gets caught trying to kill some chick taking a shower they actually yeah. take out his heart and then he just transfers bodies until he, you know, finds a long lost relative. And yeah, he needs like a blood relative and only a blood relative can kill him. And it feels like after, like, actually, even up until New Blood, like, it just feels like it becomes like an anthology series where none of the movies really tie in together. And it's just like, eh. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I'm I'm just now thinking about th this, but like, yeah, I mean, two, one, two, three, six, seven, 
they all go together. I had to look at my yeah my thing. I mean, five obviously they they really thought they were going to be done with the series, so they wanted to change it. Yeah, but then they found a way to make Tommy Jarvis. That that was another thing I was talking to Frank about was like from one to four. No, one to yeah, one to four. It was yeah. living Jason. He was yeah. just stalking and menacing. Well, technically, it was two to four. Yeah, sorry, no one. No, because at the end of one, he he came out of the water. Yeah, he shows up. Yeah, he yes. does show. He first sec- Okay, I'll give it to you. Uh, you will, because I was. I'm right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like that's like that's like when a character shows up in the last panel of a comic book, still in and it, and then they call it their first appearance. They're like, oh, well, oh no, still in the book. I I totally get it. But like they follow a chronological story, and then I, I, when five comes out, everybody kind of. I don't know. They, I, I think it was so bad that they had to fix it. Yep. So they they found a way to bring Jason back, and that was by turn, turning him from dead to undead. Mm. And that's I I think that's where it started to lose me. But either way, we're talking about Jason X. I yeah. I don't hate this movie. I just think they they took some liberties that just didn't make fucking sense. Like like the the space thing the the like he was chronologically frozen for 400 years yeah it's just fucking weird and stupid like and then don't even get me started on uber jason it 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 was so different than yeah him that it just i lost so much interest and like 14-year-old me fucking loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's came on 2001, so I was, what, 17? And it... Eh, I mean, like, I saw it when it came out, and I was like, eh, not my favorite. But I had fun seeing it, because I was a 17 year I was 16, kid. You're, yeah. I said 14, and I was now, totally wrong. And now watching it, like, re-watching it, I was just like, it doesn't... I like a movie to scare me, and this one just followed the same tropes. Just in a way more. Sorry, followed the it, same tropes in a way different comical, way different and yeah. comical way. Yeah, and like, it just really missed the mark for me. Yeah, like Earth Two, they're like, "Oh, do you want to?" Oh no, they weren't in Earth Two; they were in the simulation. It's like, "Do you want to? Do you want to have premier Earth?" Then they yeah. were in. Yeah. Let's have some premarital se- premarital sex and smoke some pot. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, the film did make sixteen million dollars worldwide. Yeah, but what was the budget? Um, let me see. I feel like the budget was a lot more because there was a lot of VFX in that movie. Jason X. budget was 14 million dollars so they didn't do great at all so yeah so they lost money no well no they made money they made two million dollars yeah but that's but worldwide yeah yes well that's not accounting for um marketing but either way uh i i I really feel something tells me that 
this movie wasn't their strongest marketing opportunity. New Line started to fall off around there. And that's what that's yeah. when I mean Scream came out I think the year before or the year after. Uh year before I believe. Yeah. Um so I mean I I I really feel like oh wow, holy fuck, we're totally wrong. Scream came out in 96. Holy crap. Wow. I feel like an idiot. Yeah, wow. Holy crap. Yep. Okay, never mind. Actually, no, my my thing still stands um cuz was it Scream 3 came out in 2000 and that's when it started to go to shit. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, it just it missed the mark for me. I, I still love it for nostalgia's sake and for Jason's sake. I mean, I, I'm a huge, huge Jason fan, like I've said before, but I yeah. I don't think I'd do it again. But I mean, every every franchise is gonna have that one movie that you're just like, meh, and this is it for me. Yeah, like the reboot of Ghostbusters. Uh yeah, actually. I, I not too far off. For a second, I thought you were going to tell me you liked Answer the Call, and then I would have no, entered no, no. this phone. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, when it comes to a score, what would you give it? Oh, six out of ten. We're going to five. Wait, what do we do? We, we go, go to, to five. five. Okay, two out of five. Okay. Um, I, I I'm probably there. Probably two point two. I mean, decimals count. It, it's, yeah, if we're doing decimals, I might I might slap a little point two on there. I, I don't think it's not really worth watching again for a long time unless you're doing like a a watch through of the whole series then i'd say skip yeah. it or like it happens to be on tv around halloween when you're clicking through the channels or on a friday the 13th then you watch it get a good get a good, good couple laughs yeah definitely um I since you are the newest member of the podcast you get to pick the next movie Ooh, I get to pick the next movie. Yes. Um. So the last time I was on as a guest, we did Aliens, and then we did Jason X. Um. You know what? I think we should rewatch. Uh. You know what? Spaceballs. We already did Spaceballs. Oh, we did that recently. We did Spaceballs. Oh, you did. Okay, so uh, let me think. About six months ago. Um. Okay. What about Willow? Isn't that on Disney Plus? Oh fuck! Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've Let's never. I've never gotten through Willow fully. I might have to take an oh, L. You're going to I now. might I might have to take an L and take the one chip challenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'm just man. kidding. I'll watch it. Um, all right. Yeah, I I mean I'm sure it is. I just the, the whole fantasy thing always annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah, you know what? Me too. Sometimes, but like you got to do it because there's a bunch of different nerd communities. And no, we're here I to know. Cater to all of them. We have to. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before we go, we give out some recommendations. Ed, do you want to uh, start off with recommendations? Yeah, actually, you know what? So as a as a collector, I spend a lot of time talking to other collectors, and oh, some of those collectors sell stuff. I have a good friend um, that lives out your way because I'm uh, we don't live in the same area. I live in Eastern Mass, and you live in Central. My buddy Joshua lives out by you, 
uh, he lives in Warren, and uh, he is a collector of uh, like oddities, taxidermy, old World War II like regalia and memorabilia and stuff like that. He has a bunch of like really cool stuff. Basically, his house is a museum, uh, and it's really cool. He's got stuff for sale all the time. Uh, he, you can find him on Instagram at uh, Elm City Vulture. And uh, and he's just really cool. I'd love to have him even come on the show and talk about what he does because I couldn't even begin to describe it. But his collection is just so cool. He took me on a walkthrough through his house the other day and uh, and he just showed me a bunch of really cool stuff. So if you're into oddities and taxidermy and uh, like dark, nerd stuff like world war ii or anything uh check out elm city vulture on instagram and uh yeah tell them i sent you sure uh for me this i feel so bad even trying to say this um i i I randomly like went down a rabbit hole of trying to find new music and uh i don't know if you've ever do you know who jared along along is He's like a yeah. YouTube dude. He he makes up all these bands yeah. just to make different whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah. He he did a, a a album as a fictional band called Amidst the Graves Demons, and mm-hmm. somehow in there, I had gotten to either the radio along with it or just looked at like bands like, and I I discovered a bu- yeah. a couple of new bands, only to find out that half of them have had albums they're from albums that were seven years ago and i have no idea how the fuck i like missed it because everything i love when that happens everything that i listened to for a good four hours was like oh fuck this is amazing oh fuck this is amazing yeah and so like two bands that i want you to check out that have been out for a long time and i don't even think they're bands anymore um there's a band called across the atlantic okay uh they have a song called perfect and it's weird because it's got this like the guitars and the drums are heavy but it it's literally like sing-songy and almost like talky um and then another one that i had listened to was um i gotta find the name of the song hold on well it's it the name of the band is hearing shapes and and they did a cover of pure imagination from willy wonka and the chocolate factory oh that's cool and it's fucking amazing i'm a sucker for covers dude it's it's a female singer but again she's got such a good voice and this came out like either 2014 or 2016 like she's got an amazing voice. The it's it's the heavy, heavy, heavy behind her, and it just works so well. And then they they fucking just they have a breakdown, and it's uh, oh, it's Chef's Kiss, man. Mwah. I'll I'm gonna check those out when we get off this. Yeah, and then the last one. This I already said it, but I'm gonna say it again. Uh, Carcosa. It. Yep. It came out in 2021. Came out in August last year. Uh, it's Andrew Bonilla. He he has a YouTube page where he does like a lot of guitar stuff. I I have not gotten this into that heavy of an album in a really long time, and I just I literally sat in front of my computer 
with my monitors just staring at my fucking screen because of how amazed I was at how that album was. And the album is called Anthology. So, yeah, go go check that shit out. It is amazing. All three of those, just do it. It's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This concludes episode number 67 of uh, Nerds of Unusual Origin. I'm Steve. I'm Ed. Frank's gone. We're going to... Frank isn't here, yeah. Yeah, we're going to stay happy. We're going to stay healthy, and we're going to... I'm going to stay nerdy. Yeah. Yeah.